You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. And we're a privilege to come today and talk about being equipped for intimacy. Equipped for intimacy. If you could, please turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25 is where our text will be for today. Amen. Amen. As you turn there, there is nothing on earth at any given time more important than the preaching of the gospel. When preaching is an event in which the living word of God is proclaimed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 19, it reads, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Since he who promised is faithful, And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Again, such is the reading of the word. The word of God is blessed. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless us today through your word. Allow me to be a faithful vessel to your faithful word that our faithful God can be glorified. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen. You might be seated in the presence of God. Um, As I continue in our series, Equipped, I want to share with you a powerful truth that is found here in the book of Hebrews. And the title of our sermon is Equipped for Intimacy. Our main thought today, our main idea is that we have access to God through Jesus Christ. Contrary to popular belief, intimacy is not primarily a sexual word. Intimacy is primarily relational. Um, It would have it that uh, sex is a way of expressing intimacy, but it's not intimacy in and of itself. Intimacy, intimacy is um, that relational interaction between two or more people, right, that expresses a, a sense of relational bond. 
a connectivity, a communion, if you will. Intimacy. When we think about intimacy and we think about our God, we began to think about God as sovereign creator of everything. He is holy. He is set apart. See, theologically, God's holiness means that he is totally and utterly set apart from all creation and evil. The Hebrew and Greek words for holiness are translated in words like apartness, sacredness, or sacred, pious. God is holy. Holiness refers to God's absolute moral uniqueness as well as his total separateness from all creation. Um, R.C. Sproul said this, in one sense, holiness is an overall attribute of God that distinguishes him from everything else that exists. God is holy. The question then is, how can we, a sinful people, a broken people, an unholy people, have intimacy with a holy God? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. How can we, an unholy, unrighteous, broken, sinful people, have intimacy with God? I, I, I want to suggest to us today that intimacy comes from access. And we have access to God through Jesus Christ. Access. Somebody say access. Access. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access by one spirit into the Father. The Gentile and the Jew alike both come together in one body being Jesus Christ and through Christ we have access by this one spirit unto the Father. Um, Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith, watch this, into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Access. Somebody say access. 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 The Greek word for access is progagia. Progagia. It, it, it's important that we understand that because um, um, prosagagia, I'm sorry, prosagagia, pros means to. A go means to lead. Access. Prosagagia, it means a leading or a bringing into the presence of. Now, now, when I first looked at this word access on the surface, for me, access was somebody unlock a door and let me in. And I can go in freely and come out um, as I will. Access. Y'all know access? Can I have access to something? But when we look at access... Prosogagia, it says a leading or bringing into the presence of. 
Here's the thing I want you to hear. It denotes access with which is associated the thought of freedom to enter through the assistance or favor of another. It denotes access with which is associated the thought of freedom to enter through the assistance or favor of another. This, this, this access involves uh, the exceptions which we have in Christ with God and the privileges of his favors toward us. What it means is, is that Jesus Christ gives us access to the Father. We only have access through Jesus. Okay, okay, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Watch this. Here it is. Here it is. Here go. Prasagagia, access. No man comes unto the Father but by me. That, okay, okay, let, let, me, let me bring it home a little bit to you so you can understand it. So um, when I go to the ATM, I know it's my account. I have knowledge of what's in the account. So what I do is I put my card in the ATM, right? I put my card in the ATM, right? But when I put my card in the ATM, I still don't have access to my money. So then what I do is I put in a pen. What my pen does is it brings me into access, y'all, to my account. See, I can't get into my account without my pen. You ever notice once you put your pen in and hit enter, you automatically in your account? Because your pen carried you into your account. Your pen introduced, amen, you to that account. And we understand that the prasagagia, the access of God to God, only comes through our pen. Jesus Christ, our Savior. We have access to God through Jesus Christ. We are equipped for intimacy. We are equipped for intimacy. So... The question then is, since we have access to God through Jesus Christ, what does that mean? Holy God would allow me to be in his holy presence. First thing this means for us is that We must embrace the access to God. We must embrace the access to God. Somebody say access. Embrace the access to God. Hebrews 10, 19 through 20 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is his flesh. 
we have access to God, and we must embrace the access. And in the order to understand the importance of access, we must understand the significance of access to God. I'm going slow on purpose because I don't want you to miss it. In the beginning, you ever notice everything starts there? Everything starts there. The Bible starts there, so why not me? In the beginning, God created everything. Specifically, he created male and female. Um, he created them. He, he, he gave them his image and his likeness, right? And through this image, this likeness, through this relationship that God had with creation, they had the privilege of God's presence. They had the privilege of God's presence. Um, now, 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 the privilege of God's presence came with some stipulations. You got everything but this one thing. Everything but the one thing. Question for you. Why is it we always go for the one thing and forsake the everything? So, 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 they, so, so they, they disobeyed God. They sinned against God. And um, they went to go see God like normal. Because God, because of their relationship with him, wanted to be relational with him. In other words, he wanted to be intimate with them. As long as they obeyed God, they had unlimited access. But what happened was, is that Adam and Eve became intimate with sin. Ooh. They cheated on God. They became intimate with sin. And when they became intimate with sin, it stripped them of everything that God desired to be intimate with. And so when they went back into the garden and God came to meet with them in intimacy and relationship, he said, where are you, Adam? Adam was hiding because he was naked. And God asked the question, who told you that you were naked? Listen, listen, y'all, what, 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 what sin wants to do is strip us from our ability to have free, open access and intimacy with God. That's why, listen, if you're really saved, if you're really saved, that's why after you sin, it just don't feel right when you first get into prayer. Y'all, it don't feel right. Y'all, come on, you're uncomfortable because you're naked. So because um, they had been intimate with sin, disobeying God, what God did was because he could no longer have intimacy with them because the sin that was in their life, he removed the opportunity for access. So he put them out of Eden and said, y'all can't come back in here no more. And then through the course of time and the course of history, God had a desire to, to be um, in relational um, 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 intimacy with his people. And so what he did was when he delivered them from Egypt slavery, he, he allowed them to build a tabernacle. Tabernacle in the wilderness. It was a makeshift church, if you will. And what it did is they surrounded a certain area, right? And it was a tent in this tabernacle. Within the tent was two rooms. Um, the, the holy place, the most holy place, and then the holy of holies. Um, the two rooms were separated by a curtain. 
The two rooms were separated by a curtain. The only ones that could go into the most holy place was the priest. They had to give it a sacrifice and an offering, and then only a high priest once a year to atone for the sins of the people could go into, holy, into the holy of holies, right? Um, within the holiest of holy lied the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant was um, a, a symbol, a representation of God's presence. I'm going somewhere, y'all. Follow me real slowly. Follow me. Um, God's presence. In the Ark of the Covenant, um, in, inside the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod that didn't bud, and some manna that never got old. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat. That was the representation of, of, of God's presence, but the people could not go into the tabernacle. They couldn't go into the temple that was regulated for the priest, and the priest had to clean themselves, wash themselves, offer a sacrifice before they went in to offer a sacrifice for the people. Fast forward, fast forward, David had got the plans, but he couldn't build the temple because he had blood on his hands, and so God said, your son is going to build the temple. The temple, Solomon's temple, it was beautiful. It was grandeur. It was different than the tabernacle in that um, it had courts. It had courts around the outer courts um, of this temple was the court of the Gentiles. According to Gentiles, that means that if you wasn't um, a Jew, then you couldn't even get in the inner courts. You stood on the outside, right? And all you could do is see the smoke go up when the offering is made on behalf of the people. Inside, it was up and it was elevated. Every level was elevated. Um, um, the, the next was the inner court or the court of the women. That's where the women was. That's the, they couldn't go no further than that. That's where they went. That's where they did everything they needed to do. But because they were not Jewish men, they couldn't go any further than the court of the women. Oh, but listen, listen, listen. But you go a little further, and then that's where the priests gathered together in Solomon's temple. They gathered together the table of showbread, the, the, the altar of incense, and all of it means something that we're not going to dive into. The, I wish we, boy. Woo. Woo, boy. And, and inside of there, that's where the, the priests would gather. They would, they would get dressed and prepare themselves um, um, in the most holy place. And then between the most holy place and Solomon Temple was the same as the tabernacle. There was a curtain. A curtain that separated the, holy, the most holy place from the holy of, holiest of holies. Well, the Ark of the Covenant rested, which represented God's presence. So there was limited access to the presence of God. There was limited access to the intimacy of God. Only the high priest, after washing himself thoroughly and making an offering for himself, could go in and offer on behalf of the children of Israel. Interesting, interesting fact, interesting fact is if for some reason um, the heart of the high priest wasn't right, he didn't wash himself just right. If he didn't make an offering for himself, they had bells around the bottom of his robe. And as he walked, they heard the bells. Yeah, come on, that's just the sound of worship. Yo, yo. So he, he walked in and they heard the bells. And there's any time. They didn't hear the bells anymore. That means he fell dead in the presence of God, so they had a rope tied around his waist. And if he fell dead in the presence of God, um, they drug him out. They didn't go in there and get him. No, 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 no. 
got mad. They drug him out of there because he fell to his death. Time and time again, we see in Scripture that unsaved people, broken people, did not have unlimited access to God. That's significant. It's significant because we're going to see in the text where God said, I want to be in relationship with the people that I created. I love that, that God loved me so much and he wanted to be intimate with me so bad that he did something about it. The significance of the access um, um, to, to, to God is important for us to understand. And when we understand how significant it is, we have to uh, recognize the important role of Jesus Christ in providing access for us. Come on, y'all. This is why we're here. If you didn't come here to hear about Jesus, uh, get your Bible and leave. I'll wait. This is the church of Jesus Christ. That's who we talk about in the church. That's why we gather today, because of Jesus, right? He, he, he came, and, and we recognize the role that he had in um, providing access for us. Listen, um, um, again, we are all sinners. We all fall short. The soul that's sin, it shall surely die. That means it's absolutely certain that you're going to die. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The role, the role and the significance of our access to God, the role that Jesus played. The Bible says that Jesus, in obedience, took on sinful flesh to come to the defeat flesh, to defeat sin in the flesh without sinning. Thank God for Jesus. Yeah, because I, I ain't got that down pat yet. <laughs> I'm just talking about me. I know y'all good. Y'all, you know, y'all sitting there here like y'all got it straight. I, I, I deserve access to God, but no, you don't. No, no, we don't. Jesus, 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 um, the, the, the only begotten of the Father, Jesus Christ. He is the token of love that God had for his people. Um, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Understand something. There is a significant and we have to embrace the access to God, but the only way to embrace the access to God is through his son, Jesus Christ, the only way that we can get in. I just want to lay this down, right? Because he hung, bled, and died for me to have access to God. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to take for granted what Jesus Christ did for me. And sometimes we think because we come to church on Sunday that we have access to his presence. I mean to tell you right now, right now, that's not the access that I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I, um, um, uh, our connection team unlocked the door and let you in. But only Jesus can bring us into the presence of God. 
His role, his role is so vitally important because it's only in him that our sin is forgiven. It's only in him that our sins, his blood, our sins have been washed away. Read the book of Hebrews that talk about the superiority of Jesus Christ, our high priest over the Old Testament ceremonial laws. He, he is the fulfillment of everything that God has required of mankind. I'm so glad that when I couldn't get it done a certain kind of way, when I couldn't pick myself up by my own bootstraps, that God loved me so much that he reached down in the muck and the mire of the clay and picked me up and turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground. I didn't do it by myself. I didn't do it because I woke up one morning and realized I was a sinner. But God loved me so much that while I was yet in sin, Christ died for me. When I was drinking on the bar stool of life, Jesus died for me me. When I was smoking joints, y'all smoke blunts, we smoke joints. When I was smoking joints, Jesus died for me. Yes, he did, for me. I told y'all, I'm selfish. I'm, I'm, I'm self, y'all, I'm selfish. I know he died. I know he died for me, right? And the fact that he died for me is what gives me the energy to tell somebody else he died for me. And just like he died for me, he, can, he has died for you. Okay, recognizing Jesus' place and role, he brings us into the presence of God. And when we embrace this privilege of approaching God, then we have the blessing to experience intimacy. Author Hebrews reminds us that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we have been granted access to the presence of God. And when Jesus died, the Bible said the curtain, the, all the synoptic gospels say the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. In other words, the obstacles to access. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Go, just recap. Just recap to bring us where we are. Genesis, we lost access. The tabernacle gave limited access. Solomon Temple gave limited access, but Jesus gives full access. <laughs> he tore. This is, what, this is what I love about it. Kaya, this is what is amazing to me. Jesus didn't just tear the temple to let me in. He tore the temple and carried me in. Well, <laughs> yeah. See, See, y'all understand, we didn't have the strength in us. We didn't have the wherewithal in us to get into the presence of God. So what Jesus did was he went and he hung on Calvary's cross. Yeah, his flesh was torn, and as his flesh was being torn, as he was dying, the, the curtain, the 60-foot-wide curtain was being torn in half. So what he did was, this is Jesus, this is Jesus, after he tore the curtain, he came and picked us up and carried us into a place that we had no, we didn't have access to. Because he precisely us. He don't just give us access. He brings us into the presence of God. And every time we get into the presence of God, it's only through Jesus Christ. It was torn. It was torn apart when Jesus died on the cross. And this tearing of the curtain symbolized the removal of barriers between us and God. Now we can approach him with confidence and, and, and boldness, with confidence and boldness. 
<laughs> we have not in a high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession of faith, for we have not in a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points likewise. He was tempted like as we are yet without sin. I love the King James. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. What we find is intimacy. How many of you know that intimacy, intimacy, um, intimacy meets a need? Oh, yeah. Intimacy meets a need. And when we get into the presence of God, those things that we have need of, God supplies. Man, what? God supplies. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need no shout. I don't need no shout. I'm dancing on the inside. So, so when we embrace the access to God through Jesus Christ, we understand the significance of the access and Jesus' role in access, and we embrace the privilege of access. That's why David said in Psalm 16 11, in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. He understood the privilege of approaching God. But not only do we, we embrace the access to God, number two, we embrace intimacy. We experience intimacy with God. Here it is. We experience intimacy with God. It says this in verse 21. It says, we have a, 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 a great high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart, um, a full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. Drawing near to God with confidence. See, the, the phrase to, to let us draw near in Hebrews 10, 22 can be, can, 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 can be emphasized to encourage uh, each one of us to actively seek intimacy with God. The question is, how do I actively seek intimacy with God? You already know. Romans 12 and 1. Y'all knew I was going to say it at least once. <laughs> Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your authentic worship. Access has been granted. Jesus carried us in, but we have a responsibility to present our bodies as living sacrifices in order to experience real intimacy with God. Come on. What does it mean to present ourselves? That means that his will is greater than yours. His desire is greater than, than, than yours, that um, we live in active obedience to God. That is me presenting my body to him. I am an instrument in his hands to be used for his will and his glory. That means that I'm constantly in the process of being sanctified and set apart. I'm constantly growing and maturing. I'm constantly positioning myself to suffer for his sake. I'm constantly looking for him to continually grow and purge my heart. I am always looking for God to be honored and glorified in my life. Listen, y'all, I want you to understand coming to church is not presenting your body a living sacrifice. Listen, most people who come to church clap their hands with everybody else. They wave their hand when everybody else wave their hand. 
But real presentation of ourselves as a living sacrifice means that when I'm in the face of what Lawrence won't, God still gets the glory. That I can be obedient even when it's the thing I want real bad. Real bad. You don't want something real bad. I'm talking about real, real bad. You, you know how it is. But when I present myself a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, I, 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 I'm reminded of the words of Jesus that um, um, let this come pass for me, but nevertheless, your will be done. I want that thing bad, God, but nevertheless, your will be done. I got the shakes. I want it so bad, but your will be done. I want to tell them off, and I want to cuss them out, but your will be done. I want to do something bad, God, but your will be done. Because we, we, we present ourselves more freely when we understand what it took for us to have access. When we understand that Jesus died for me to have access. Why can't I, if he can die for my access, why can't I live to maintain it? I want to sit in his presence. I want to dwell in his presence. Anybody ever went to grandma's house and listened to grandma's stories? Grandpa's story. Well, you like a little bit of your kid. You sit Indian style. I can't sit in this style no more. I'm 55 years old. And you just listen. You left for hours, you just listen. I want to be in his presence like that. I just want to bask in his presence. I want him to pour into my life because this access cost Jesus his life. We draw near with confidence. Then we have to cultivate a personal relationship with God. Our access to God is not only granted through Jesus, but also accompanied by uh, the assurance of faith. Jesus is our high priest, intercedes for us before God. And through faith in him, we can draw near to God with sincerity and confidence. I love it. Our hearts are cleansed from guilt and our bodies are washed with pure water, symbolizing the purification of our entire being. So, so listen. When I understand what it took for me to get into the presence of a holy God, I cultivate the relationship with God because I'm always reminded of what happened when the high priest went into God's presence unprepared. They died in his presence. But we have the grace of God in our life, so I want to cultivate the life. I want to cultivate the relationship with God so that every time I come before his presence, I come in a way that is, that, that, that is a blessing to him. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear dove of and be glad. Why? Because he understood how important it was to cultivate our relationship with God. How do I cultivate my relationship? You cultivate your relationship by spending time with him. Um, me and my wife, um, have been through ups and downs, Amen. ups and downs. I'm, listen, listen, y'all, I'm talking about way up and way down. Amen. <laughs> Real bad situation. Y'all understand? 
But what happened was, when we was way down, we decided to go to separate corners and cultivate our relationship with God. Yeah. See, see, we had to empty ourselves of, our, uh, of us in order for us to come together in intimacy, relationship, in a way that honors and glorifies God. We had to cultivate our relationship right with God and then our relationship with one another. Cultivation of our relationship with God means I am intentionally spending time with God. I am uh, intentionally um, spending devotional time with God. I am intentionally spending prayer time with God. I am intentionally spending time in circles and groups of individuals who are sharing and studying the Word of God. I am intentional about my relationship with God because it is the most important relationship in my life. So I ensure that I'm cultivating this relationship and then I engage in intimate communion with God. The full assurance of faith is a firm and full reliance on God and on his son, Jesus Christ. It's founded on a firm conviction that what is made known to us in the gospel is true. It has nothing to do with a belief in or a persuasion of our own personal salvation. It's nothing that we did. The only thing we brought to this, this salvation that has been graciously given to us is the sin that deserves it. The sin that requires salvation is all we bring to it. And so we can't get so high and feel like um, we are so special, but we reminded that it's only through Jesus Christ. So when I come into communion with God, I engage in an intimate way because I don't even deserve to be here. We don't have to wait. We don't have to go through no jump through no hoops. But because of Jesus Christ, we have unhindered freedom into the presence of God. Verse 23 says something that is amazing to me. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. The author of Hebrews encourages us to hold unswervingly, I love that word, unswervingly, to the hope we have in Christ. God's promise of access to him through Jesus is unchanging and it's reliable. We can trust in his faithfulness. In a world with, with so many uncertainties, we have the assurance that our relationship with God is secure and unwavering because God is faithful. God is faithful. Now, what happens when we have access to God through Jesus Christ to a faithful God. He expresses himself in faithfulness. <laughs> a faithful God expresses himself in faithfulness. That's a place, um, um, that's what we receive when we are in relationship with him, in intimacy with him. We experience the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. I love, I love Jeremiah in, in, in Lamentations 3. He said, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Great is that, that his compassions fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. O Lord, unto me. The Lord is my portion, saith the soul. Saith my soul. What does that mean? That means that he said, this I recall to my mind. I recall my moments of intimacy with God. And in my moments of intimacy with God, of God who is faithful, I experience his faithfulness. And so no matter what I go through, no matter what I experience, my hope is unswerving because in my time of relation, my time of intimacy, my quiet time with God, I have been encouraged deep down on the inside that God is faithful. God is faithful. And I experienced that faithfulness in access to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Lastly, 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 because we have access with God, to God, through Jesus Christ, for the purpose of intimacy, we must be intentional to engage in community. Y'all didn't see that coming. Must be intentional to engage in community. This is an amazing thing for us to say that we have this intimacy individually. Jesus Christ gave that to us. But there's a certain thing called PDA. It's called public display of affection. Public display of affection. When we have genuine access to God through Jesus Christ and we experience intimacy with God, it should express itself in PDA. It should express itself in the public display of affection. Don't tell me that you can't love your brother and your sister, but you intimate with God. Okay, the Bible said it. How can you love a God who you have not seen? And you don't love the people who you see all the time. Love the Lord thy God with all, with, with all your heart, your soul, and your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. There is a requirement that when we spend time with God, it should compel us that when we gather together that we are in intimate, relationally with one another in community. This is absolutely important. Verse 24 says, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. This is amazing to me. Don't go home talking about you got all this worship and devotion you got going on at home. I got a a prayer room at home and I got this special closet that I go meet Jesus in, but you can't speak to your neighbor. How you got all this stuff going on that you speak in all these different languages and you got all this anointing, but you can't speak to your brother and your sisters. Uh, uh, watch this, y'all. Watch this. Uh, um, I know some people um, 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 have to do worship from home. Some people have to, and I understand. I'm going to make sure I preface that. Some people have to do worship at home. For whatever reason, they got to do it online, right? Um, but, but we got a word for people who neglect those people who are in relationship with them, their marriage, their spouse, and desire to be intimate by way of a screen. Now, I don't need, yeah. We got a word for it. 
It's, it's a disconnection from the reality of relational intimacy, person to person. We should desire, we should be compelled to come because I've been spending time with God. I have to come into the house of God because I want to spend time with God's people. I want to gather. I want to nurture. I want to be nurtured. He said that we come together to provoke love and good works. Yeah, I'm excited because watch this. Because if I'm spending time with God, God letting me know what's wrong with me. Then when I come to church, Kenny going to remind me, hey, bro, I know what's wrong with you, but let me help point you to what's right. Right? Because we're in relationship. And because he's been spending intimate time with God and I'm spending intimate time with God, now he's able to provoke love and good works in my life, not neglecting to gather together. Don't choose to be on screen just because you can. You can't be intimate over the screen. But we can show be relational when we are gathered together in community. That's where we love on each other, hold each other accountable, pray for one another. But I want to encourage y'all, the Bible didn't just say in this verse of Scripture, only gather, but gather with a purpose. See, see, just you being here and walking out without talking to nobody, just you being here and not engaging with anyone is not the purpose. You say, I gather like the Bible says. No, no, we gather with a purpose. It says, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing. I ain't talking about nobody in here. But encouraging each other. When was the last time you came and encouraged somebody? When was the last time you spoke life to somebody? Um, I, last week, last week was amazing to me. Um, last week, I, I was in my head about something and um, just, just in my head, had some stuff going on. And I was walking out, um, walking to the church, getting ready to turn off all the lights. And, and uh, Carol walked up to me. Carol said, Pastor, you okay? I said, I'll be okay. She said, what you, what, what you need? And I said, prayer. She said, can I pray for you right now? And, 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 and let me tell y'all something. Carol prayed? No, 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 uh-uh. No, Carol prayed. I'm, I mean, Pastor Deshaun, she prayed. She ain't, she ain't now nah, lay me down to sleep. She prayed. She labored right over there on that square. She labored in prayer, and God spoke prophetically through her prayer. Y'all spoke prophetically through her prayer. She prayed for me, but in her prayer, she encouraged my heart. I needed that. This was the end of service. Everybody was gone but a few people. And Carol stopped me before I left this building to ensure that we um, could experience, watch this, Ricky, you know what I mean when I say this? That we can experience some intimacy together. Y'all, yeah. come on. It's relational, not sexual. Yeah. I needed Carol in that moment, and God sent her, and she was faithful to be here, and not just to be here, but to be an encouragement, to provoke unto love and to good works. She prayed, and she interceded, and she, come on, y'all. That's why it's important that you're here. Sometimes it's important that you're here that you get what you need. And sometimes you need to be here because somebody need to get what you have. 
It's different reasons. Intimacy with God set us up and prepare us to come together and have intimacy together. Watch folk altar drive down Genesis Station Road and say, listen, there's something going on over in that building. Because the power of God is so present in the fact that people who have personal intimacy with God, personal displays of affection, bring it together, and we have a corporate display of affection. That's when we come in and we worship God together. That's when we can cry and sing songs about how good God is to us, how he's a way maker, how he's a healer. Because together corporately we are being intimate with God relational with God meeting God and God doing in this environment what God wants to do we equip with that and we equip with it because we have access to God through Jesus Christ our Lord God compels us he compels us to gather together to encourage each other to uplift one another to spur each other on towards intimacy with God. You cannot be relational without relationship. So it's important that we first have a relationship with God. And as we have a relationship with God, we have a relationship with God's people. Brothers and sisters, let us never take for granted the incredible privilege we have through Jesus Christ we have direct access to an almighty holy God this access is not based on our merits it's not based on anything that we can do it's solely based on the finished work of Jesus Christ so let us approach God with confidence knowing that he eagerly awaits our presence And let us hold fast to the truth and let our faith not waver, knowing that God is faithful to his word. And the more intimate time we spend with God, the more we grow, the more we are set apart. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.